0: Today, I'm going to look really at at just two verses out of Proverbs 3, but I want to share four different major thoughts, and I'm going to tie some other things in with it, but four major thoughts from those two verses in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, very familiar verses, but I want to call this message today a plan of action, a plan of action, and let me set this up if I could. The last few Sundays, as I've taught, you know, I talked about seasons of life and changing seasons. Last week, I talked about hearing God's voice, and I'll mention that a little bit later in my message. How to hear the voice of God, how to recognize when God is leading you. Spent some time with that. But I feel like God has kind of positioned us, at least for a few Sundays through today, to talk about some issues that everybody comes face to face with that we need to learn how to deal with challenges of life. The truth of the matter is everybody, I don't care who you are or what you are, from time to time, everybody faces opposition. See, Scripture tells us in the New Testament that we have... An adversary. How many of you are aware that we have a spiritual adversary? Scripture calls him the devil and other names as well. We have an adversary, and, and the scripture says he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, if if we have an adversary, it stands to reason there are going to be times in life when we're going to face some opposition, and sometimes it's unexpected. An, another example of this sometimes. Well, I started to say we, but let me make it personal because maybe you don't do this. Sometimes in my past many years ago, I've made some poor decisions. Anybody ever made a poor decision and it didn't work out the way you thought? Okay, I guess I'm not in the boat by myself. And with those poor decisions come consequences of those decisions. Another example, sometimes other people do things that impact our lives we didn't ask for it we had no part of it but maybe it's a close friend or a family member or somebody really close to you that makes some decisions and it has repercussions that run into your life it's going to happen sometimes not only that but as we taught the last few weeks sometimes seasons change and when seasons change new challenges arrive and we have questions about where do we go from here and how do we go forward You know, Jesus talked about these very things. He said, in this world, you'll have tribulation. Now, tribulation is the King James New Testament word that that it's, it's translated. Jesus literally said, in this world, you will have pressure. Has anybody lately ever been under a little bit of pressure from some direction? You know what I'm talking about? I want to talk to you today because I have found that oftentimes... It's human nature, but even we as believers who put our faith in Christ sometimes don't know what to do when these pressures fall on us unexpectedly. How do we handle these challenges and these pressures of life? We need to have a plan of action. In other words, what am I going to do? How should I respond when this opposition, these problems come my way? In this message today a part of what i want to get across to you especially in this introduction is i don't, don't want anybody to ever be embarrassed because they're facing challenges i've been around church people who they look down their noses at you if you have a problem jesus said in this world from time to time you're going to have challenges so there's no shame no disgrace in having a problem But as believers, we also need to learn how to wisely and scripturally deal with these challenges of life. The truth is, challenges, especially when they come unexpectedly, they can not only confuse us, sometimes they can paralyze us. When you get blindsided by something that you didn't see coming, a lot of times you can sit there for days just stunned, trying to figure out, what do I do with this situation? Well, like I said, before the challenges come, we need to have a plan of action. We're going to look at Scripture today and look at four things that we need to do when these challenges come our way. Look at Proverbs 3, verse number 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We're going to stop right there for now. You'll notice at the end of that verse, there's a semicolon, which means the statement isn't finished. So verse 5 starts the statement, and then verse 6 will finish it. We'll look at verse 6 in a few minutes. But in verse number 5, there are two things that are distinctly said in this verse of Scripture. Number one, trust in the Lord with all your heart. How should I respond when these unexpected challenges, when this opposition, when these problems come my way, how should I respond? Number one, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You know, I've been in church since I was a kid. All my life, you know, I I grew up in church. And I've heard this verse of scripture talked about many, 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 many times. I've heard people quote it so many times. As a matter of fact, when I write in someone's gradua- graduation card, uh, I almost will always refer to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. My own boys, when I've given them gifts as adults. For example, when I gave them uh, their Bibles when they got out of high school and I gave them a Bible to hang on to for their adult life, I wrote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And, of course, the rest of Proverbs 3. But it's so important that we take this first point today and we establish... What is God saying to us when he says trust in the Lord with all of your heart? What is he really saying there? When I think of that word trust, trust is almost like a noun. Trust is is something. It's just something that exists that makes me say, well, some way, somehow it's going to be okay. I'm just going to let, let God work. Somehow it's going to be okay. But if you look in the original writings, there are three or four different words in the Old Testament used that are translated trust. This particular word, when it says trust in the Lord, what it literally is saying is move quickly to him for refuge. Move quickly to him for refuge. Now, it's it's not talking about panicking. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Jesus, where are you? It's not like that. It's trust in the Lord. It's a challenge has come. A problem has hit me. I'm not sure what to do. The first thing I need to do is quickly move to God because he wants to be a place of refuge and protection. I've learned through the years in dealing with people and through some other things that I have been through that sometimes we make decisions under pressure that only compound the matter and make it worse. And sometimes the biggest mistakes in life we make happen when we're under pressure, when some kind of situation comes along, and the subsequent decisions I make without God's counsel only take me further down the wrong road so the lord says number one whenever a challenge comes your way when you're hit by opposition and a problem you didn't expect the first thing you need to do is quickly everybody say quickly quickly move to god and get god involved being your refuge as a matter of fact psalms 91 which if you read psalms 91 it's like the believer's insurance policy But in Psalms 91, verse 2, it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, which literally means he is my shelter. You know, when that bomb drops in your life and you weren't expecting it, what do you do? Quickly, go to God and let him become your shelter to protect you from the next aftershocks and the things that are coming on the heel of that moment. Quickly move to God. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. It means my safety net. He's my God. In him I will trust. And that word trust is the same one that we're reading in Proverbs 3. He is my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. I will quickly move to him and let him protect me. So number one, when these challenges come our way, move quickly to God. It's amazing through the years in dealing with people. How many times I've dealt with people in situations where When the bomb got dropped in somebody's life, they ran to 19 places before they figured out they needed to go to God. The first place you need to go is quickly go to God and let Him be your refuge and trust Him there in that place. And then it goes on to say this in that verse: Trust in the Lord with what? All of your heart. With all of your heart. You know what the original writings literally says when it says all? You know what it means? means all i know that's deep that's deep but isn't it true that oftentimes in seasons of questions we'll run to god and we'll take half the problem to god and say but i don't need your help with this part i can figure this part out myself or how, how about this one i run to god with this situation and i tell god what i want him to know because there's some of this stuff that i just assume not talk about and some of this stuff you know he, he doesn't really know about yet so it's just better off for me to leave this part out of the story have you ever done that? I mean, it's almost like, hey, God, I got this situation. And the other side, he's sitting there looking at it, saying, yeah, I, I see the rest of it over here. We need to let God be involved in the whole picture of what's going on. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And, of course, the word heart here means the mind, the will, and the emotions. I've said it so many times, and I know some of you probably get tired of me hearing it, the worst decisions we make in life are emotional decisions. Where we just have to do this or have to do that because there's this fire burning inside of us and we run off in the wrong direction. Take all of that, our thoughts, what we really want, the emotions that we're feeling, take it to God and lay it at his feet and let him begin to work and he will sort out what we need to do with our problems. In other words, what he's saying is, quickly, come to me. Come to me confidently and trust me and bring the whole situation to me. Now, let me ask two questions. And I need you to answer these, okay? I need your help here. It's not, they're not trick questions. Is there anything too big for God? Okay. Have you ever had a situation that you looked at it and you thought, boy, not even God could fix this thing? I've been there a couple of times. Even those monstrous things need to be taken to God. Let me ask a second question. Is there anything too small for God? See, that's the one that creates trouble for most of us. Oh, we run to God with the big ones because we see the impossibility and we want to take it to Him. But what about the little things? Can I just share something with you this morning? I shared at first service. They thought it was kind of funny. I didn't think it was all that funny. But... Uh, did you know he's numbered the very hairs on the top of your head? Now, in my case, it gets easier to count every day. It doesn't take him as long. I mean, this morning, he's sitting there watching, saying, eh, there's four less. But, but that's not my point. My point is, if he cares enough to count the hairs on your head every moment, do you not think he's concerned about every little thing that goes on in our lives? Isn't it true that sometimes those little things, when we run the wrong direction, those little things become big things? And we look back later and say, oh, if six months ago, if I'd just gone to God first, maybe I wouldn't be in this mess today. Does that sound familiar to anybody in the house? I know nobody wants to be the guy, but I'll lift both of my hands, one for me one for you. Okay, we have all been there and we have all done that. But trust the Lord, trust the Lord with all Of your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. Now, let me take the second part of this verse. Don't lean on your own understanding. When it says don't lean, what it literally means is don't support yourself what you know. Your understanding of the situation, don't lean on that too hard. Now, Because the way this thing is built, if I lean just right, I'm fine. There's certain ways I wouldn't want to lean on it. But have you ever leaned on something that did not support you? You ever done that? It it gets ugly, doesn't it? Don't lean on your own understanding. Literally what it says is don't support yourself. Don't build your life and think it's all going to work out solely based on what you understand about what's going on around you the truth of the matter is there are a lot of things behind the scenes you may not even know about there may be things going on in other people's lives who are connected that God is working out a whole lot of things at one time and he's basically saying slow down trust me and then lean on me and let me help you understand what's happening don't lean on your own understanding you know If I sincerely embrace the actual wording of this verse, what's what's really written in these original words, it tells me to go to God with every angle of my problem, my thoughts, my emotions, my intentions, go to God with all of it, rather than trusting my own limited conclusions. You know, a few Sundays ago, Zach was teaching, and he was talking about Isaiah, where the Lord, where Isaiah said of the Lord, It says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are way up here, they're high, and your thoughts are kind of down here. How many have ever figured out, you know, God knew something about this from the beginning I never knew and understood. That's why he says, come to me first. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, go to him and acknowledge him. Now, I think it's very common, and I'm going to get really down where we live for a few minutes, Okay. Because there's a part of this message that I know. I I spent time with it yesterday, this morning. I almost tore my whole message up and started over because there's a part of this message I wanted to focus in on. And this is it. So I want you to listen really closely the next few minutes. When we get hammered unexpectedly, when things happen that we're not prepared for, there are a lot of things that can go wrong if we don't run to God first. But even when we do run to God we got a lot of questions. For example, how did I get here? One of the things that happens when we go to God is he begins to help us see the big picture and understand what's really going on in our lives. How did I get here? See, I tell myself stories all the time. Well, this person caused it. That person caused it. This guy over here did it. Well, the devil did that. Oh, this guy over here did that. And the truth of the matter is, if I go to God, he says, you know what? Let me just walk you through this whole thing and show you what really came down here. How did I get here? How did I get here? Who created this mess? What caused this? What does God have to say about this whole situation? Don't lean on your own understanding. Okay, God, what is it you want me to see? Honest answers to these questions really position me to move much more quickly towards a solution. When I own up to what's happened and when I go to God with my problems, he quickly helps me work through that. Let let me show you some things here. Okay, God, I ran to you. I ran to you, but all this stuff has happened. This wasn't in my plans. I didn't expect this. What in the world am I supposed to do now? We're kind of panicking. Listen to me. We're kind of panicking about what's happened back here. And we're really fretting and struggling with all this stuff that's piled on top of us and what we don't understand is God is not looking backwards God's looking forwards see we tend to live the present backwards because that's the way our mind works with what we know what has happened and where we are the things that we know but God is looking into the future And God says, wait a minute, I know that happened and that happened. You know what, we'll we'll correct all that. We'll get it all in place where it needs to be. But first of all, you need to turn and face forward and realize there are better things ahead. Better things are ahead. Now, let me walk you through this real quickly. God is compassionate. How many of you know that? He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy one of the things i've learned about god from his word and from personal experience walking with him is if i get hit by a bomb unexpectedly god is not going to crawl in the bunker and die with me because he has better plans he's looking forward and sometimes when i'm at that place you know i kind of fall apart and start having my pity party does anybody come from a family that has pity parties One one side of my family, man, they are the masters at pity parties. Nobody has ever had as many problems as them. Nobody's ever been through as much as them. If you don't believe it, just ask them and they will tell you quickly. I mean, they, they are experts at the pity party. But God won't crawl in the hole and die with you. He's going to pull you out of the hole and move you forward. That's why He wants you to run to Him. So, what do I do? What do I do? Well, you need to understand. God does not fear tomorrow. Neither should I. There's nothing to be afraid of. He, he's already seen it all. He knows the end from the beginning. He's not afraid of tomorrow. So run to him. And then the question is, okay, so all this stuff has happened back here. And I'm in this place today with all of this damage. How do I move forward from here? How do I deal with all this stuff? Let me give you two things. It'll take me a few minutes, but let me break it into two pieces. Number one, face it face it so many of us and i'll put myself at the front of the line when stuff goes wrong man i'm always looking for blame i'm always looking for somebody to be upset with i mean if you're really spiritual you've always got the devil that's one thing that's the sad thing about being the devil he gets blame for everything even stuff he had nothing to do with it's it's amazing the things he scratches his head well thank you for the praise but i didn't even know i did that isn't that amazing but I can't live in this place I can't move forward if I'm stuck in this hole and number one I refuse to face what has happened now let me give you some examples when God brings you this place trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding so I run to God and begin to lay it out and what does he do the first thing he does is he says okay let me help you face this and let's get it corrected and move forward that's how God works Let's deal with what's back there so we can move forward. So face it. So number one, if it's a sin. What do you do if you sin and you made some mistakes and it's blown up and it's created a lot of problems? What do you do? You go to God. You ask forgiveness. You repent. And then you move on. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is Faithful and just To forgive us our sins And cleanse us from all unrighteousness He will do that But first he says to me Come, come to me Confess and repent We know what confess is God I messed this thing up Has anybody ever tried to hide a sin from God? You know, It's like eh, Let's not talk about that If I don't talk about it Maybe he'll forget about it He doesn't forget about it He doesn't turn loose of it Until it's confessed But here's the thing He's not sitting up there with a hammer waiting to hit me. He's got his arms open wide saying, let me help you get this fixed so you can move forward from here. So we confess our sins and then repentance. Repentance is not about can you cry enough tears to convince God you're sorry. Tears and repentance may not have anything to do with each other. Because repent means I'm on the wrong road. I'm going to turn and get on the wrong road and go in the right direction. That's what repentance is. So the Lord says, come to me, confess that sin, I will forgive it, and then I will turn you so you can get on the right road and start walking on the right road. If it's sin, deal with it. Face it, deal with it. God will help you walk that out. Another thing, what about an offense? You know, sometimes people offend us. You know, even in church, there there are times when people can say some things that really hit us wrong. I don't like it when people say nasty things about me. Does anybody enjoy that? Just wanted to see if any hands went up. I don't even like it when my wife says things about me, even when it's true. Still don't like it. You know, we, we tend to carry these offenses. What do you do with an offense? When there's an offense there and someone has wronged you or you've wronged someone else, what do you do with it? Go make it right. Hello? Hello? But you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. They made fun of my hair. I don't have that problem anymore. They don't make fun of my hair anymore. (laughs) Oh, you, you you just don't know the horrible things. What Scripture says? Scripture says if people have offended you, go to them and confront them with it so you can get it settled and move on. See, some of you didn't know that part was in the Bible. It's our responsibility, if we can't get through this offense, to go to the person and get the thing worked out deal with it face it what about this one what if I did make a bad decision I mentioned this in my introduction what if I made a horrible decision what do I do with it admit it God I was wrong and I ask you to help me walk this thing out and correct it where I can and then put your blessing in my life so I can go forward why because that's what God wants he wants to take you forward one more example. What if it's something totally beyond my control that happens and I had no control of it, but it's affecting my life? What do you do? You take it to God and you give it to God and you let him work and you walk away from it and leave it there. Let God be God. And, and then after you face it, the second thing you do is you break the blame and the bitterness. One of the things that hurts us more than anything else is when things go wrong, we start looking for somebody to blame. Even if it's right. And we carry that and we carry that and we carry that. Get rid of the blame. Take it to God. Work through it. Take it to people. Work through it. And then stop blaming and move forward. And while I'm here, let me just throw this into the mix. In my years of pastoring, which are a lot of years now, I cannot tell you how many people I have dealt with who had a bomb dropped in their life and something happened tragically and unexpectedly and they spent several years of their lives trying to work their way out of that hole and many of them for years were angry at God because God let things happen that they didn't like. This is sensitive, okay? So let me out of a heart of compassion talk about this for just a second. There are a lot of things that happen in this world that are unfair. There's a lot of painful things that go on. Two weeks ago today, don't ask me to explain how a gunman can walk into a church like this and start shooting people. I don't get it. But God doesn't control what evil people do in evil moments. God doesn't—he doesn't overmanage every little thing, every little detail in the universe. And sometimes we get angry at God about things that happen in life and we fail to understand. Scripture says he's the, good of, he's the giver of every good and perfect gift. Some of us fail to understand that God is a good God and we fail to understand that sometimes there's an enemy out there that's creating nasty, ugly stuff and we wind up attributing it to God because he didn't do anything about it. Friend, let me tell you something. Don't be angry at God. Some of you need to forgive God. Well, it, it, God, God could have, or, or God. Well, why didn't you? You know what? Stop carrying that. Get rid of the blame. Forgive God for not doing things the way you think it should have been done, and put it in His hands, and leave it alone, and walk away from it, and start moving forward. Because God wants to bless your life. How many give me just like two more minutes here with this? Can, can I have that? Because I, I, I need I need to drive home one more thing. There's a story in the Old Testament that I've taught from on many occasions about Joseph. Joseph, the son of Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then, you know, Jacob had these 12 sons and Joseph was his favorite, but he was hated by his brothers. They sold They were going to kill him, but they, instead they sold him into slavery. He ended up many, many miles away in the nation of Egypt. He wound up as a servant, a slave. Then he wound up lied about. He was put in a prison And finally he was rescued and he went from the bottom of the prison all the way to second in command over the whole nation of Egypt. It's an amazing story. I mean, he's had all these bad things. His brothers wanted to kill him. They sold him into slavery. He's lied about. He's put in prison. And now he's the second in command. He's the prime minister of Egypt, the greatest nation on the face of the earth in that day. He gets married, takes a wife. His first son comes along. And he says, I'm going to name this boy... Manasseh Manasseh means to forget things He said because God made me forget All the toil in my father's house He said God made me forget He didn't forget what happened He didn't lose the memories He forgot the hurt and the pain of it Because he gave it to God The only way for him to go From the prison to the penthouse Was for him to put things in God's hands And get it right because of what God had done, he named his first son Manasseh, which tells us today, if you want to be blessed by God, you've got to be willing to forget. And then he had a second son sometime later. Second son he named Ephraim. Ephraim means fruitful. And he said, I name him Ephraim because God has made me fruitful even in the land of my affliction. Even when the enemy meant it for evil and was trying to destroy my life and kill my dreams and knock me off of God's path for my life, still God has turned it all into blessing. But friend, I'm going to tell you today, Manasseh comes before Ephraim. Everybody wants fruitfulness. Everybody wants Ephraim. Everybody wants the blessing. But the blessing follows forgetfulness. Face it. Deal with it. And let God help us move forward in His plan. And then the next part of this message, verse number six. We looked at verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Then verse six says this, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Let's break this into two pieces. Number three, in all your ways, acknowledge him. We talked about running to God and we talked about getting God's understanding but the third thing that he says here the first thing in this verse but the third thing in the message in all of your ways the word ways anytime you see the word ways in the Old Testament it literally means roads pathways, highways roads of travel the way you move through life he says, in all of your ways, in all of your choice of paths, acknowledge God. Let me, let me show you this, because you need to catch this. In my choices that I make daily, says acknowledge Him. That doesn't mean, okay, God, I know you're up there, so I'm choosing what's behind door number three, and I ask you to bless what's behind door number three. It's not what he's talking about. Because literally what it says in the original writing is, in all of your path choices, know him. Take the word acknowledge and you take off the end pieces and bring to the root word right in the middle. And the word is know. K-N-O-W. In all of your path paths of life that you choose, know what God is saying about that path. Know what God is saying. See... We, we have these bombs dropped in our lives, so what are we going to do? Our plan of action is go to God, get His understanding, and then the next thing that we do is let Him help us choose where we go next. Now let me, let me be write down where we live for a moment, okay? Very simple. How do you know where to go when you don't know where to go? have situations come across my desk as a pastor in my own personal life there are times things happen it's like i don't know i don't know so what do you do you go to god you get his understanding and then you know what he says about the choices sitting in front of you remember my introduction i told you last week i talked about the voice of god how god speaks to us if you weren't here you need to go back and listen to that message it, it's so simple and clear it shows you many ways that god will speak to us But here's the thing. It becomes my responsibility to know what God is saying about the path I choose next. In all of your path choices, know what God is saying. And number four, final thought. And he shall direct your path. In the original writings, it simply tells us in in this phrase that what God wants to do is put you on the right level pathway. The right level pathway. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your path choices, know him and he will put you on the right path. I wish I had the time this morning to tell you some stories of things that have happened to me through the years. And I look around the room today and we've got, for the most part, we've got an adult audience here. I've, I've, I've sat with people, some people of faith, some people not of faith, going through difficult times. And it's amazing how many people, when the pressure is on, choose to run totally off in the wrong direction and complicate life. Here's what God says. In all of your path choices, know me and I will put you on the right path. Now see, it, it could be 90% of the people sitting in here right now listening to this saying, well, I'm in a good place right now. Things are good, Wonderful. But please, stay with me and just put it in neutral for a minute. Because there are people in this room today, you're hurting, you're trying to find your way. And already in this message, there's been some things shared that you're realizing, okay, I need to stop and do this, I need to stop and do this. It's a plan of action. Run to the Lord, lay the whole thing at His feet, and then let Him help you choose the right paths. Because if you do, He'll put you on a path of blessing. I'm going to close this message in just a moment. Did you know God wants each of us to be on a path of blessing? Read Scripture from cover to cover. He wants us to be on a path of blessing. It doesn't mean there won't be opposition. Of course there will be. It doesn't mean we don't have problems. There are going to be challenges in life. I remember when I was a young minister, I, the first few years of ministry, I traveled different parts of the country and you know, preached meetings back in the day. And I remember as a young preacher, I had a, a few friends who kind of told me, well, here's how, here's how you need to do it. You know, two or three minister friends who kind of gave me some insight on here's how you do this kind of life and this kind of traveling. And I remember for like three years, I just kept running into the same problem over and over and over again. And I kept doing what these other guys were doing, and it just didn't work. And I got so frustrated. One day, I'm walking down this road. And there's this big, empty lot. And I'm walking in this empty lot, just walking around praying, saying, God, I don't know what to do. I keep doing this, what I think I'm supposed to do. And it's like for three years, I keep running into this dead end time and time and time again. God, what am I supposed to do? And I'm just standing looking up to heaven. And it's like God just real quietly spoke and said, well, why don't you try something different? I know for some of you, that's not nearly spiritual enough. I know. But hang with me, okay? Because I was a young man at the time. Sometimes that simple wisdom is what we need to know. And, you know, we've all heard it. The real definition of stupidity is to keep doing something over and over again, expecting a different result. That's what I was doing. And God said, why don't you try something different? I'm like, well, because they told me to do it this way. And he said, well, is it working? No. Okay, then it's time to do something different. And then I begin to open my heart. And when I reach that place of an open heart, God began to show me a different path to take. Today, as you've said in this room, there are people here today who are needing a plan of action. Number one, go quickly to God. Number two, don't lean on what you know alone because God sees a much bigger picture. Number three, as you get ready to move forward, Submit your paths to God. Know what he's saying about it. Number four, he will lead you into a level path of blessing. When you're hurting, when you're on the bottom, it's hard to imagine blessing. But God has blessing for your life beyond anything you've ever known. If you trust him and walk with him. Bow your heads this morning. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray right now for every person who's sitting in this room, for those who might be watching online, wherever they are, for those who will watch the next few days, this is your word. Father, I pray you'll take this message today and just take the pieces that we need to hear and begin to mold and shape our hearts to be sensitive to you. Father, I pray for those right now who need a plan of action. Help them to run to you, lay it out, and then make choices based on what you're saying so you can bring blessing into their lives. Father, I pray right now for the ones who are discouraged. God, encourage them right now and let them know that there's blessing awaiting them like they've never seen before. They just need to trust you and walk with you. Know your ways, know your directions. God, there are people in this place that have had... A bomb dropped on their life the last few days and it wasn't even part of their their doing. It just came out of nowhere unexpectedly. Father, everything needs to just settle down and calm down and get still so we can hear your voice and know you. So, Father, I pray right now, stabilize us, give us wisdom for the future, show us how to walk with you and follow you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, let me, let me share this. I'm, I'm going to pray one more prayer, but i got to do this real quickly. Remember the disciples out in the boat? The storm comes up. And they're all fearful, and they look out, and, they, and then they see this something walking across the water. And one of them says, hey, wait a minute. That, that's Jesus. Remember, remember Peter speaking up, saying, Lord, if that's you, let, let me walk out on the water to you. Remember that story? One of the things that happens When we're at a place we've never been before, we look ahead and we think, man, I I don't know where to go from here because I've never been down this road. Maybe you're at a place right now and all you can see are stormy waves. You just don't see any good choices. Just because you've not been there before doesn't mean God hasn't been there before. I'm going to tell you something. Some of you today may have to get out of the boat and take some big steps of faith. But just remember, somebody's already walked on those stormy seas ahead of you. It's going to be all right. The promise of God is I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always, even to the end of this age. I'm there. I'm there. And maybe you're sitting here today and maybe you've listened to this and you're thinking, wow, man, this all sounds great. I wish there was a God on my side to help me navigate some of this stuff. But maybe you also realize I, I really don't know god maybe you've never opened your heart and asked him to come in or, or maybe you've just been on the run and you're the prodigal and you're far from home maybe you're hurting maybe you're broken or maybe you're just trying to figure out how do i secure life in eternity where do i go from here can i tell you today that there's a god who loves you so much he put his own son on a cross to pay for all of your mistakes so that everything that was wrong with us could be put on Him and then allow everything right with Him to come flowing into our lives. That's how much God loves you. And as you've listened to this message today, maybe something inside has been stirring and you're realizing, wow, there's something right about this. If you feel that today, that's the Spirit of God knocking on the door of your heart and God's saying to you, I want to be your father and I want you to be my child, but you have to open the door and let me in. See, God extends grace We have to accept it by faith. The way we do that is by opening our hearts, using words. We call it prayer because it's talking to God. Just use words and say, God, I'm in. I want you in my life. I'm going to ask everybody, bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to ask everybody here to pray this prayer right out loud with me. Let's invite God into our lives. Pray this with me. Say, God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I want to know you. And I want your blessings in my life. I believe in Jesus. He's a sacrifice for my sins. I choose Jesus as my Savior. And I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life to help me make the decisions that I make. So I give myself to you. I will learn your ways. I will follow you from this moment forward. You will be my father. I'll be your child. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's the deal. Praying that prayer, making that decision is the most important decision you can make in your life, but it's not the end of the journey. It just opens the door. It's the beginning of the journey we have a little tool a little booklet called the next seven days we'd like to give it to you today because it'll help you understand god's love for you his plan for your life it talks about prayer and about the importance of of bible reading it's just a little booklet to help you get started walking with god the next week we want to give it to you when service is over in a few minutes there'll be prayer teams right here at the front of the building they're here to pray with anyone for any need if you just walk down to one of these prayer teams and say hey can i get the booklet They'll give it to you there no strings attached if you want to get it and go that's fine if you've got questions they can answer questions if you need prayer for something else they'll pray with you if all you want to do is get the booklet and go that's fine we want to put that in your hand it's a great tool to help you start building that relationship with god if you're in a really big rush there's a table by the exit doors the glass doors where you leave the building there's a big sign set up at the desk there that says the next seven days stop by there and say can i get the booklet here they'll give it to you again no strings attached we simply want to help you get started walking with God, okay? Hey, let's put our hands together and welcome new people into God's family. God bless you today.